In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. How often do we find ourselves sitting in church on a Sunday morning, listening to the lessons that are being read, and after it's all over, we just say to ourselves, ah, wasn't that nice? (laughs) And sure, there are some readings that might catch us off guard. Some might cause us to sweat a little bit under the collar. But on the whole, we usually hear about nice things, especially when it comes to Jesus. Wasn't it just so cute when Jesus was that little baby wrapped in his swaddling clothes and surrounded by those fluffy white sheep. That Jesus really did a good thing when he fed all those people with just those five loaves and fishes. Even in this morning's gospel reading from Mark, man, Jesus was just such a nice guy by healing not just one person, but two people. Yeah, and then when the service is over, we step out those doors in the back into the bright Alabama sun with some distant memory of a feel-good story we heard about Jesus until we realize it's lunchtime, and then it's all a distant memory. I bet we're all guilty of that a little bit every once in a while, myself included. But surely there must be something more to these stories that we hear. If we were only to look at the gospel reading from Mark this morning, on the surface, we would see Jesus, the friendly and compassionate Jesus, healing two people from their unfortunate conditions. One lady from her years of bleeding, and a little girl from, well, her death. Just so nice of him to do those two things. This is the same Jesus who also healed the blind man, healed the leper, brought Lazarus back from the dead. So surely this story must just be another story about God's love for God's people. I mean, Jesus must have felt sad when he heard about that little girl and he wanted to help her. But is that really all we're supposed to get from this story? That Jesus loves us? Well, maybe, yes. But how is that really supposed to affect our lives today, in 2021? Maybe it's worth looking just a little bit deeper into this story. When we arrive on the scene, Jesus has just been informed of the daughter of Jairus, one of these synagogue leaders, who has become very sick. And he's going on his way to her house, her house to heal her. Now, if you can imagine this, Jairus is a very prominent Jew. And just the fact that he seeks out Jesus, this nobody traveling preacher, and asks him of all people to lay his hands on his daughter so that she might be made made well and live, that's extraordinary in its own right. Jairus would have been well acquainted with all of the temple customs But it was his faith alone in Jesus as the Son of God that led him to seek Jesus out in the first place. And Jesus recognizes this faith and goes with him to see his daughter. But of course, 
By this time, Jesus has become something of a local celebrity. News of his miracles have traveled all around the area. And like the paparazzi of his day, this crowd gathers around him and it grows and it grows. People wanted to see the miracles for themselves. If it was today, you can imagine everybody with their cameras up and their phones trying to get a selfie with Jesus for Snapchat or Instagram. Nothing's really changed. But then something happens. As Jesus is walking, he feels something leave him. He knew that someone had just received his grace, but with the size of the crowd, there was no way he could know who it was. His disciples even tried to tell him just to forget about it. You see the crowd, they say. How could we possibly know who touched you? But we know who it was, don't we? It was this woman the person who is in nearly every way the complete opposite of Jairus. Jairus was rich. She was poor. He was powerful. She was one of the most vulnerable. He was an upstanding member of the society and the synagogue. She was ritually unclean. In fact, her condition had kept her unclean, according to Jewish law, for 12 years. 12 years without being able to worship her God in the synagogue or the temple. 12 years without being able to hug or even touch another person. 12 years of being shunned by everyone and watching people cross the street and move away when she walked by. Her very presence in the crowd that morning was a huge risk for her because if she touched anyone, including Jesus, then they would become unclean as well. But it was her faith in Jesus that was so great, her belief that he alone had this power over life and health, that she risked everything just to touch the fringe of his robe without being noticed. But Jesus did notice. And rather than just allow her to sneak away quietly, he took this opportunity to make a very important point. Who touched me, he asked. And can you imagine the looks on the faces of the crowd as this woman, who was never an equal in her society, nervously came trembling and confessed to touching him? probably could have sliced the air because the tension was so thick. What would Jesus' reaction be? Would he allow this outcast to simply go on her way? Or would he report her to the temple authorities, like Jairus, to have her dealt with properly? It's as if all creation stopped in its tracks to wait and hear what Jesus would say. Daughter, he says, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. <laughs> With those simple words, Jesus revealed all we need to know about God. With those words, we hear that in the kingdom of God, 
This poor, suffering woman is not just someone who receives healing and is then sent on her way. She is nothing less than a daughter to Jesus. Just as deserving of grace and redemption as the sick daughter of Jairus, that upstanding synagogue official. With Jesus' actions, we discover that in the God's kingdom, the needs of the vulnerable and the marginalized are addressed before the needs of the esteemed and the powerful. Everything that society and culture had denied this woman through no fault of her own for the past 12 years was instantly dismissed because of her faith in God and the relationship that Jesus called her to be in. And that's really what this is all about, isn't it? Relationship. You see, the woman really wasn't in any great physical danger from her condition, but it was her separation from family, her friends, and even from her God that caused her the greatest pain. And likewise, the most profound issue surrounding Jairus was not that his daughter was healed. I mean, after all, Jesus healed many people. But the biggest takeaway is the relationship that Jairus desired to have with Jesus, even though it was completely against the Jewish customs he so publicly lived by. That's the kind of relationship God wants to have with us and the kind of relationship that God calls us to have with each other. If we're truly to live out the tenets of our faith that we say we believe in, then the relationships we have with others shouldn't matter who they are, how rich they are, how sick they are, what they have done, or even where they come from. If we're to use the Bible as a view into God's relationship with us, and I assume that we all believe that to be true, then we're commanded to not only love God with all our heart and soul and mind, but also love our neighbors just like ourselves. And so we ask the question, who then is our neighbor? Well, the woman on the outskirts of society shunned by all, is our neighbor. The elite and powerful leader who fears for his daughter's life is our neighbor. Those people who died in the World Trade Center and even in the Pulse nightclub in Orlando are our neighbors. And guess what? The people who carried out those heinous crimes are also our neighbors. We all know there's a big difference between loving someone and liking someone. The Gospels never say Jesus liked being distracted by large crowds as he was trying to go save a dying child. But the message is clear. Jesus loved them all and took the time to do what was necessary to restore them to right relationship with God and with themselves. What a powerful and important message for us today. 
sure our clothes are different, but nothing has really changed, has it? There are still people, even in our own quite, quote, enlightened first world country, who have never known what it's like to walk down the street as equals. People who will never achieve parity with their counterparts today simply because of their gender or who they love or even the way they look. We, as self-professed followers of Jesus Christ, have to do better. It's simply not enough for us to hear these powerful and life-changing stories each Sunday only to simply brush them off as quaint antidotes or childish Bible stories. The things we hear, the things we say and do here in St. John's Church each Sunday morning matter. Otherwise, what are we doing here in the first place? Our instructions going forward, brothers and sisters, are so simple you can put them on a yard sign. Love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. Let's start there. God will take care of the rest.